0: Hello, talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Dana Aspan, here with my friend Chabruta and Gordon. Our daf today, Masach Megillah, Daf Lamet Aleph, page 31. So the the basically the daf here starts with a discussion of the Gemara, the mission we read yesterday, which described all the different Torah readings for all the holidays of the year. Um, and it's interesting that it sort of starts off uh, with a good question. Tana Right. So it starts off by giving us a brisa. Right then, on the first day of Pesach, we read this section of the festivals that we talked about yesterday, which is VaYikra chapter twenty-two verse twenty-six to chapter twenty-three verse forty-four, and then as the havtore they read about the Pesach of Gilgal, which is. Uh, In Yehoshua, it's sort of the first Pesach that was done uh, once they finished wandering um, in the Midbar. One thing that people don't realize is that actually the Korban Pesach was not really done in the Midbar. The reason for that is, is because you had to have a Brit Milah in order to do it. And Brit Milah was not done because they had to constantly travel and you couldn't, you know, presumably there was a recuperation time that was required. And so therefore they did not do Korban Pesach for, for, about 38 years, basically, which is kind of interesting. And so the Pesach of Gilgal appears in Yeshua, chapter 5, verses 2 through 14. But then the Gemara comments, basically, but nowadays, right, meaning us who are living in the diaspora, right, us in Babel, right, the Eka Treyomai, when there's two days of the holiday, right, what do we read? Yomakama Pesach Gilgal, Pesach. The first day we read about this Pesach of the Gilgal, and the second one is the Pesach of Yoshiyako, Yoshiahu, remember, discovers this. uh, It's in Malachim Bet, chapter 23, discovers this Torah scroll. One of the things we find out is also, again, Pesach had not been done for a while, and he sort of reinstitutes Pesach. Um, So I think, you know, the Gemara is relatively straightforward. It's really just going to sort of go through all of the different uh, Torah readings and Haftah readings. Uh, But it's interesting that which is written in Eretz Yisrael, doesn't acknowledge or write anything about two day yantiv, you know, two day chag. And then when you get to the Gemara where they're living in Bavel, it very much acknowledges that. And so I thought that was interesting to see sort of played out in, in the Gemara itself. But as you said yesterday Anne, there's very little machlokas. There's a couple of things here that were like, nah, maybe you say this on the first day or this on the second day, and then someone says no, that's not the first day. But it's pretty standardized what it is that people were reading.
1: And, and it's very, they're using the same text, right? They're talking about the same text. Should we read these verses or should we read those verses? There's no debate over what the text itself is.
0: Right. And, and again, I'm going to go on on. anything by the, uh, you know, by the I just want to point out one other thing here before you go on to, I know you're going to go on this piece. um, That, um, there's a little commentary about the Mama Dot, right? the Mama Dot, they read breshi, Minahani Mila, right? Where did they learn this from? Right. Amarabiyami, Ilmale, Mama Dot, Lutnikamushamay Shamayim Bars. If it wasn't for the Mama right? For the non what we call the non priestly watches, in other words, the non priests who sort of were connected to the Avoda each week, right? Then heaven and earth wouldn't exist. Shana Mar- and so they quote here a from Yirmiyahu chapter 33, verse 25, where it says, We're not for my covenant day and night. I would not have said the statutes of heaven. It goes on to explain what's the covenant. And the covenant they explain is the covenant between Abraham and uh, Hashem, right? Where Abraham basically says, How do I know you're not going to destroy the world like you did the flood and, 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 uh, 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 you know, in the story with with uh, with tar- with Midal Bavel, right? Uh, Dor Haflaga. So this was, you know, this covenant that he makes, that Hashem makes with uh, Abraham, was symbolic of showing uh, that not, that that was not going to happen. I just want to point out that we have this as a parallel text in Masachat Tanit, um, because you know, there they also talk about the Mamadot. So here they sort of uh, repeat it again. But the thing that's important here is that we just come down, Amr Lafunav, right? Avram says to Hashem, Rebono Shalom right? How will I know this? So God says, Amor L'Kachali Aglamish Mishuleshe, right? Take for yourself like a cow. Right? And so what he sort of was implied here is that, you know, this was going to sort of show that, you know, that even when Avram's descendant sinned, they'll be able to do some type of atonement through sacrifice amarelofanav so avram says back Shalom, tinach bizman HaMikdash kayam so he says well this is going to work when there's a Beit HaMikdash, meaning this will work that my my you know my children will be forgiven uh when there's korbanos right um HaMikdash kayam mate alam what's going to happen when there's no Amar amarlo right so god says back kavarti kantilim Seder korbanos he said, right, I've already established the order of the offerings, meaning the verses of the Torah that pertain to everything that has to do with the Korban. When they're read, it will be like you, read the, you brought the Korban. And I will forgive them of all their sins. Now, I thought this was interesting because in a way, this whole discussion about, you know, what the Torah reading portion is, it need it's, this is a way of sort of elevating it and connecting it uh, in a way to something greater than what it is. And it's sort of the Gamar's way, I think, of acknowledging, look, we don't have our regular uh, Beit HaMikdash, so therefore we are not So it's more difficult to sort of get atonement, um, but don't worry, even reading it is going to be the same. And I like that it's sort of like, you know, that that's one of the nuggets that's in here that reading is ki'ilu you know it's like you bring the car
1: yeah which is always an interesting thing because the you know it leads into that discussion of will there be carbonote in the you know in the time of the third Beit or you know can we just read it then too um okay i want to jump down now to, i don't know towards the end of the discussion it takes back us back to the, or- the reading of the Torah on the fast days. So this is a, another detail about the way this is, this text is read. It says on the fast days of the congregation, the sec- the section in the Torah that talks about the brachot and the klalot, the blessings and the curses that are given on in Sefer um, Book of Leviticus, Chapter 16. And it says, you do not interrupt the reading of the curses. Now this should take us back to the question of how we break up aliyot, and the answer is here: you do not break up the aliyah that has the klalot that has the curses. So the Gemara wants to know: well, where do we get this from? Right? Where is? How do we know that we don't interrupt the klalot? Amar bargamda, gam yeah, bargamda. Amar Asi da Hashem b'nei So the once God is giving rebuke, you don't um, you don't um to, ask, to make it icky to you right you don't um despise the the fact that god is giving you rebuke i suppose it's a privilege right if god gives you re- rebuke because most people don't get that kind of direct attention so if there's a cur- curse here you don't interrupt it you don't make it something that's like a like a what do i care about this um so reish lakish has a different answer lakish and my meaning as to why it is that we don't break. We don't interrupt the, the curses themselves. Lefisha o'min bracha ala paranut. says, well, you can't. Like, it's a logistical impossibility. You can't have somebody come up to have an blessing over what really is a matter of punishment, right? Or it's a terrible thing, these curses. So the, somebody But then the next person's going to come up and make a bracha, and it's going to be on this paranut, on this calamity, then you can understand that this is a According to we just never do that, which is why we have a continual text there. <laughs> so how should it work? So the way we read the curses is to start the whole reading with one verse before them, and you end it with one verse afterwards. So then there's no. The of these curses. But he says they only made this principle they only taught this principle with regarding the curses that are found in Sefer Vayikra, Torah Kohanim is the um, Chazal's phrase the curses that are not which is the, again, the Chazal term for Deuteronomy, for Sefer Tzvarim Posek, there in Tzvarim we actually do interrupt them or interrupt them by having different people why, I what's the reasoning. Why, why is there this difference, difference between Vayikra and So what happens? The verses in Vayikra are stated in plural, right? Said in the plural uh plural pronouns as compared to Moshe and Moshe, I'm sorry, and Moshe is pronouncing them. He's he's repeating um yeah. He's repeating what God said, but these, meaning those in Devarim, those which is said in the singular language, and Moshe is summarizing what has gone before. It's his own words, not God's words. So, so that's a really big distinction between Sefer Devarim and Sefer Vayikra. Um, And the idea is that we don't, we don't interrupt the ones that came from God. But when it comes from Moshe's mouth, well, there's a little more leeway. And then, lastly, we have this narrative here, Levi Barbuti hava kare Game g'im kamei de So Levi Barbuti was reading, and he's reading the, the section of the Klalot, and he's reading before Ravhuna. And he stuttered, he stammered his way through the text, meaning somehow it was difficult for him to say these words, presumably these, these curses. Amar lo, aknafshecha, so what happens? Rav says to him, "You know, if you want, you can stop. You can because if you're having this difficulty, you can stop, and somebody else will continue reading. Because what the point being that the whole teaching of saying that you cannot have two readers for the klalot that's specifically about va'yikra. The implication being, of course, that what Levi Barbuti was reading was a section in Devarim, and that's why it's okay to interrupt. And he, meaning he could stop and somebody could take his place. So on the one hand, we see here also a little bit of compassion from Rav Huna for Levi Barbuti, who's who's stumbling over the text, or maybe he's just a kanai, he's just a zealot for the way they want to read the Torah, and it's not good enough or something. But meaning mean, we don't know exactly what prompts Rav Huna's words. Is it kindness? Or is it sticklers, Whatever. But we have here, um, I would say, a, a, a narrative of what happened as a proof for Abaye's discussion of why um, of the fact that VaYikra is different from Devarim, which goes back to the fact that in fact in the text of the Qolot and VaYikra we do not have two readers, and to this day, as far as I know, we don't make any interruptions in those in that text when somebody's reading. Um, it's a hard parsha to read. Like the person who's called up, usually we want somebody who who knows what they're doing and is comfortable to do it because exactly this from Levi Barbuti it's it's a kind of thing that you read harsh words right you're, well you're, I,
0: it's not just that i mean we don't even have like a bar mitzvah boy let's say who's laning you know for example if it's being lain the bar, bar mitzvah you know child they're actually not supposed to lane it like you want an adult to do it and they have to do it sort of quickly and quietly and we don't Although think, that's you know,
1: not that minhag is disputed my grandfather the Balcore a shalom read it loud Dafka loud. He made a point okay. of it.
0: I've made seen in told like, that they don't let younger kids, like kid, kid, they won't let a barman you
1: know. It's too, it. it's too upsetting. It's too upsetting. Meaning, again, right. any, you don't know what you're reading, right? If it's all just a sing song that you've learned, you've memorized, then it's a different kind of issue, I'm sure. And that's obviously not the ideal Torah reader. But if you understand what you're reading, it's a very painful text to read. So yeah, they want somebody of maturity and they want somebody who's going to read it um with proficiency, I would say, as opposed to somebody who's going to stumble through it because it becomes just too difficult. Uh, you know, I, I, I agree with everything. It's just, I, it happens to be a, a a funny, it's always been a funny thing that there's a, there is also a tradition and it's a fine upstanding tradition that I think largely died in the Shoah that, uh, to read it loud.
0: Well, that's our DAF discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbi e. Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Please join us in our CM on January 16th, where we'll be finishing Masech Migilad together. Let us know if you would like to speak. We have a great speaker, Dr. Shai Sekunda, who will be joining us. And until tomorrow, go and learn.